Hi everyone, Sam Levick from Fun Fitness for Littlies Australia, here for another episode of Kids Love Sport. Today is an exciting one because it's our first of the Allied Health series. Throughout the podcast, we are going to be hearing from different Allied Health professionals to see what they have to say about kids and sport. Today, I'm joined by longtime friend, Mark Goswell. Mark, not only have I known as a friend, but it all started when I was looking after his son, Matt, at preschool in my first 12 months in early childhood. It also happened that due to a back injury in early childhood that year, I actually needed a rehabilitation specialist and I went to Mark. Mark spent six months with me rehabbing my back and getting me back to the physically fit young 19 year old that I was. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing today. So please help me in welcoming Mark Goswell from Proactive Rehabilitation in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Kids Love Sport. Today's episode is a very exciting one, something that I'm very passionate about and my guest today is extremely passionate about. And we're going to be delving into the world of weights and children. Uh, Mark Goswell from Proactive um, Rehabilitation has joined me and Mark and I go back 11 years now because as you would have heard in the other episode, Matt, I taught at preschool, but Mark also supported me through my rehab with my lower back injury, which at 19, having a back injury is pretty... It's a bit scary, a bit daunting. And especially the way it happened at preschool, being head-butted in in the crouch position, so my whole spine and the muscles were just tight. And, And after six months with Mark, I was back to functioning normally. I still have every now and then pain, but as you said when we first started, unfortunately, you're kind of going to live with a little niggle forever when it comes to that. Um, Me being me, exercises, I probably haven't kept up, so I said, let's sit on the balls today, I'll show you my posture. Um, But yeah, so welcome, Mark, and thanks so much for joining me. And it's good to see you back here too. It's been a while. Nothing's changed, but exciting <laughs> exciting things for you guys with uh, another clinic opening in Maitland. Yeah, opening another clinic in uh, Maitland in the next in the next month. Where, yeah, wow. yeah, we're growing and yeah, developing, and obviously there's a there's a real need for exercise physiology mm. in the community. So it's something obviously that we want to take to a broader community and just keep doing what we're doing and rehab young men like yourself. That's it. And there, there seems to be a lot more respect coming through for exercise physiologists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're becoming more more uh, renowned or known as a as a profession. Um, mm. Yeah, in the in the profession scheme or the allied health professionals, we are still in the infancy. You know, we've only been around for about twenty years. Um, so, you know, compared to other allied health professionals, we're kind of still developing as a as an industry and as a community. Um, but I think. Everyone's understanding the benefits of exercise for so many components in rehab, whether it be musculoskeletal or mental health or disabilities. So, yeah, we're yeah we're getting bigger and better, and uh, it's good to be sort of you know looked upon as a as a leader in the industry. So, 
Well, yeah, it's, it is. And, and over the last few years, you've been actually doing some, some training around Australia with, with ESSA, the governing body. Yeah, the governing body. The yeah, oldest. so I teach, I teach shoulder rehab courses and back rehab courses that I've written to other exercise physiologists. So those guys and girls that are coming out from uni, um, just giving them more practical uh, experience and knowledge around what to expect with clients on a regular basis. Yeah. So let's just wind it back a bit. Yep. What got you started in this, this sector? I don't like to call it an industry because... Yeah, well, look, um, well, to, well, to give you an idea, in like three weeks' time, it'll be officially 20 years in business. Congratulations. So, um, which is a, a pretty big achievement, but I kind of fell into this because when I started back in 2000, 2001, exercise physiology didn't exist. Um, so I started working for a company that was doing exercise rehab mm -hmm. um, for people that were university qualified with human movement. And uh, that kind of didn't work out because we had differings of opinion because he was, um, he was very much about just get him in, get him out. Yeah. But I developed a real passion for, for rehab, um, seeing the benefits that you can provide people with exercise. Um, it's also been a personal journey for a number of injuries that I've had and sustained just being silly in my youth and but also not knowing a lot about exercise growing up as well so yeah I was very much yeah you've met Matthew and interviewed Matthew is I think he got his competitive streak and competitive nature from me I was I was very much along the lines of yeah you've got to win you've got to win so I used to push myself too hard not knowing how hard I should push myself related to a number of injuries stupidity growing up so yeah you know motorbike accidents things like that so a lot of these journeys have been about a self-discovery about rehab how far you can push the body um yeah, and it's just kind of evolved and developed over the last 20 years yeah wow well, that's a, a great story and i actually didn't realize that exercise physiology has only been around for, yeah, two for this long. Uh, 2004 or 2006 yeah. i get confused but yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's, yeah, when so that's when it became like an allied health profession. Uh, yeah. um, so when we became uh, basically in line with osteos, physios, chiros, yep. so that alignment, um, it was 04, 06, yeah. my memory fails me. For, for those that might be going into uni or looking at something like this as a career, you actually now go in and do an exercise and sports science Yeah, so it's an exercise science. Yep, so exercise and sports science degree. There's now a master's in, yeah. in rehab or a master's in exercise mm. science as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really developing as a career and there's a lot more people getting into it, which is mm. great. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a sector that, uh, from my point of view, is one that needs to be more prevalent. Oh, God, yeah. Um, in, yeah. in all communities, not just... Newcastle here in, in New South Wales and, and being a, you know, the second biggest town in New South Wales behind Sydney. Uh, regional centres now, like in Tamworth, there's now five exercise physiologists yep. working out of a couple of different clinics. Very young, um, but we're getting it out there. Actually, one of the girls up there did prac through us. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shay, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> Which is awesome. Trains for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to delve into specifically weight training. Yeah. Um, so children under the age of eighteen. There's a lot of a lot of commentary around the world from lots of different. Um, Sorry. <laughs> there's lots of com com commentary around the world from many different uh, people, yep. whether it be athletes, allied health, doctors, etc. And it's a real 
it seems to be a real argument. And, and yeah. even though, from my perspective, having dad as a PE teacher and, and knowing what he knows, it seems to be pretty clear to me, as far as weights and children, how they work and don't actually work together. Yeah, and, so, they, and they don't work. And, and unfortunately, too, yeah, really. look, unfortunately, in the fitness industry, people take a little bit of information and they run with it. Mm. And then you get on Instagram and then you get on Facebook and then you get on socials and people will take an idea and a concept and just go, yeah, cool, let's, let's just run with it. Yeah. So they'll, yeah, there's some, some research papers that have come out and have gone, yeah, children at the age of 6 to 8 to 12 should be doing weight training. And they read the title and they go, oh, cool, let's start yeah. CrossFit for kids. Let's start boot camp for kids. Let's start, you know, kids doing weight training. But then if you actually take the time to read those articles, which I have, because you know, I always want to keep developing my own knowledge and follow current trends and things like that. And the research actually says in those papers that you know, if kids are doing weight training, it's like one to two kilos and it's technique training. Yeah. So it's about, you know, if they're going to learn to do bench press, great, teach them how to do bench press at one to two kilos. Not getting them to do Olympic lifts, not getting them to do tire flips, not Which getting them to do shuttle runs. Is not even using. It's a not even weight training. It's and then, uh, and then, if you actually go into it, they actually promote the use of body weight. Hmm. So teach kids to do a chin up, teach them to do a push up, teach them to do squats, lunges, actually dynamic functional movements that are part of their everyday existence, and training them with good technique, with good posture, with good stability, good activation, great alignment, and focusing on that. Not getting them to do oh, like I am absolutely opposed to kids hmm. and weight training. I can't make that clear enough if I if I tried. Um, yeah, well, you you were on um, two N U R down here. You yep. have a weekly segment with them yep. where you talk all things physical. Uh, yeah, exercise fizz. Yeah. yeah, exercise fizz. And there, you actually did a whole episode just on this. Yep. And and one thing I took from that was similar to what you've just brought up about people taking one thing and then running with it. Yep. But as well, this this whole small weight and technique. I mean. Working with people like you do, and, and I'm sure you've probably had many an injury come from yeah. an adult with poor technique. What's the difference between a child with poor technique and an adult? What's the, because they're obviously going to be slightly different in the injury, but they still can have yeah. the same sort of. Well, look, unfortunately, as I said, I've been, I've been in this game for 20 years. Um, I reckon for the first 10 to 15, I would not have seen a. a person under 18, yeah. would not have seen anyone for rehab, it never happened. Probably in the last five years, I've seen kids coming in with disc bulges in their back, with uh, ACL injuries, with tears to their meniscus, with shoulder injuries, and it's all coming from incorrect, in incorrect exercise techniques, yeah. incorrect load management, um, focusing on just one sport, or just really crappy training because they've got into this group mentality. Yeah. Um, the problem with trying to rehab a kid of 10 and 12 is they, they find it difficult to do the rehab exercises. So if we, if we as trainers, as we as a community, and then, yeah, people like yourself, like me, like personal trainers and all that sort of thing, if we take that time to educate kids, particularly through their growth development, like in those teenage years where they're, you know, Matt grew a foot in eight months, grew something like 12, 12 inches in eight months, it was astronomical. Yeah. 
He had significant knee complications, ankle complications, hip problems, all from these from these um, growth spurts. Um, and that's without doing any weight. That's just oh, with nothing. Being, it was just him yeah, growing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So gross. he had he developed chronic knee injuries to the point that the medical professionals that we sent him to were like, have a look at his scans and go, yeah, this kid can't. He won't be playing. He can't train. He can't run. He never missed a, never missed a training session. But it was from correct rehab, correct techniques focusing and educating him on on how he's supposed to do things and, and it's quite simple stuff about alignment that you can communicate to kids and you can you know use games associated with them but you know our body's designed to move a particular way yeah, yeah so if any of your listeners have got you know babies one two-year-olds you, know, you ask a two-year-old to pick something up it is a textbook perfect squat yeah you, you can't get a you know 40 year old to squat the same as a 20 year old because a two-year-old, sorry, two-year-olds aren't, they haven't been, you know, they haven't worked out there's easier ways to do yeah. things. They haven't been educated on simpler tasks. They haven't developed their own um, ideals. They basically go, there's a ball, I need to pick it up. Yeah. They do a perfect squat. It's about getting back into that notion of movement. Um, kids are breaking down because they, they have these massive growth spurts. Yeah. And their you know, their muscles don't catch up to their bones, and then they're they're sitting playing on their phones or playing Xbox or yeah. sitting at school every day. And and when you know when we went to school, it was like you would do class, and then at, at lunchtime, you ran around, ran around like a lunatic yeah. for like forty minutes. That's right. These days, the yeah you know, the kids go to school, and then they get outside, and then they. Message yeah. each other yeah, exactly. <laughs> for 40 minutes. That's uh, right. Oh, I think that's got a lot to do with why we're seeing kids coming in that are breaking down. Yeah, it's, it's a bit scary, actually. Yeah. Well, one thing, I, it's, it's very intriguing how the trend, like in your 20 years, especially the last five, is yeah. when you've been seeing it. And so in my 10 years now in early childhood, I've actually sort of made a little bit of a hypothesis myself um, from looking at, Especially the babies, like you said, the two-year-olds there—they've got the perfect squat. They—they yeah. they move because it's cool, that's how isn't it? It's—it's it's amazing. <laughs> but one thing I've noticed is children, as they are growing older, are unable to jump, uh, keep their feet together, balance. So obviously the core is just not there. Yep. But one thing I've really noticed is the fat stores. So as as we are growing up, generally our fat stores that we have cheeks thighs, um, arms, generally sort of spread across the body. But what I've noticed, especially over the last probably three years of, of all, so last year I worked with 500 toddlers yep. in, a, in a, a grant program with the Primary Health Network, and 80% of those children had quite large thighs at four and a half, which to me was, they're not active enough, yep. which means they've got a little bit too much weight down there so they're already adapting how to squat, how move, to move, run, jump, yep. all these things because the inactivity from such a young age is hurting their body. Yeah. What, what do you take on that one? Yeah, look, uh, I mean, a lot of that will come down to our diet choices these days. Yeah. And Anita is definitely the person yeah. to talk to about that. She's so far advanced on diets yeah. than, <laughs> than I am. Um, well, but, just on that, it's, it's interesting you said that because... I find a lot of personal trainers get out of their scope and something that I've always respected about about you is that you you have your scope yeah and and you know that if you go outside your scope as an allied health professional that can be a problem and personal trainers don't have enough 
they, they tend to jump they don't around have enough a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll look up. Nutrition's I'm, one of those ones. That yeah, look, I am an, I'm an expert in what I do. Yeah. And I surround myself with experts in what they do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, podiatry, orthopedics, physio, osteo, chiro, dietetics. Um, I just think if you surround yourself by people who know what they're doing, yeah. the, the customer themselves, the client, is going to get the best outcome. Exactly. It's, you know, it's not about... I, I keep saying to people, my brain's pretty much close to full. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to start talking about dietary information? I've got no idea. Yeah. I, I've, I've literally, I'm, you know, um, yeah, we'll be sitting sitting at home and Anita's like, you know, that's not good for you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and she'll go on and tell me about all the processed sugars and the yeah. process. And I'm like, but it tastes good. <laughs> but you're not going to lose weight doing that. So it's, but it's about surrounding yourself with people that know more. Yeah, um, exactly. And it is, it's dangerous. People get these egos about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, in the fitness and health industry, they'll go, oh, I'm going to go to that trainer because he's got, or he or she's got a 2% body fat and they've got six yeah. packs, so they must know everything. It's like, no, yeah, Matt's diet is not great. He's got an eight pack. It's, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? It's genetics. Now, if someone went and said to him, you know, hey, give me dietary advice, he'd be like, oh, it's KFC, Subway, and, yeah. and Cheeto chips are his latest at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but he's got an eight-pack. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you've got to look at the, at the, the whole spectrum of what's yeah. going on. Stick to what you're doing. Like, you know, I know nothing about childcare other than raising my own son. Like, if I had someone who wanted to, go, wanted to know about childcare and child development, I'd come and see you. I wouldn't pretend to be an expert at that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, I think that's important for the industry. And, you know, as a parent, research who you're sending your kids to. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like you get one shot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. right. And that's actually, like, one of, our, one of my questions today is, is perfect on that because when we talk about physical activity and sporting abilities, in your opinion, how much of it can be taught and how much is it actually natural from either parents, grandparents, and, and yeah. their physiological makeup? Oh, physiological makeup is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, if you get Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt yep. and they both trained in the one sport, Usain Bolt is going to win... 10 out of 10 times in a running race. Yeah. Michael Phelps is going to win 10 out of 10 times in a swimming race. If you put both of those blokes from a childhood development and train them up, Phelps is always going to win. Yeah. He's got biomechanical, um, biomechanical components that make him a sensational swimmer. Um, Usain Bolt has biomechanics that make him a brilliant runner. There's an error. know this though. No, they don't. They, they don't. experience their, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are people can get genome testing these days, yeah. but. Yeah, like we have a genetic, a certain genetic makeup. So, like Matthew's got a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers within his legs. Um, From an early age, he's always run fast. Yeah, always run fast. Um, He's not built for endurance. Um, He's a he genetically is a sprint short sharp. Um, You know, you go for a run. Yeah, he can develop and train that, but. Yeah, it's in the Olympics. The people who win the marathons come from Ethiopia, Uganda. It's a genetic predisposition. So there's a level of, if you're talking about absolute elite, there's a level that you'll be limited in in terms of how far you can go genetically. But so much can be taught. Yeah. Yeah, So like when you're talking about soccer, when you're talking about cricket, um, tennis, they're skill-based sports. So you can obviously train to a level of of skill-based. But if you've got a massive amount of slow twitch muscle fibers and you're trying to excel 
in a sport that's predominantly fast, which muscle fibers you'll only get to so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's definitely a component of uh, genetics, but there's definitely a component of learnt skill bases and things like that. Yeah, exactly. So with Matt, did you know about the fast, the leg? Um, oh yeah, when he got to when he got to primary school, he kept winning the hundred meter. Yeah. Like we're going. So you didn't sit down one one evening. Like, oh, we're going to do a test on that. We're going. To... No, no, not at all. Look, we uh, Anita and my philosophy about our kids is, if they want to try something, hmm. run with it. Um, yeah, Matt drove Jeanette, uh, gymnastics. He wanted to yep. learn how to flip. It's like cool. Well, we'll get you into that. Um, we went and saw tap dogs, and for two years, he's like, I want to tap dance. Yep. It's like, yeah, cool, dude. We'll go and tap. And so everything, everything that he's wanted to do we've just provided opportunities mm. to do that um yeah he's he's naturally strong he's naturally fast i don't know where he got that from <laughs> <laughs> um, i really don't know where yeah where that came from i was yeah highly competitive in in um sport growing up um basically played everything that we got an opportunity to play um never excelled at everything at anything but did well at everything um Anita played no sport growing up. Yeah. Yeah, she was right into the dance side of things. So, yeah. Um, well, some people argue that is a sport. No, oh, no, it isn't. Well, it's, a, it's not. Well, it is a sport, actually. Yeah, good point. Uh, it's now, break dancing's in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, out. good point. Yeah, good point. I yeah. don't get how ballroom dancing isn't because there's a lot of correlation between ballroom style dancing and what we see on the floor in gymnastics. Yeah. That movement pattern is very similar. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway, uh, money, <laughs> <laughs> purely down to money and, and what TV rights you can sell. That's you could sell breakdancing, I don't think you can sell boring. boring. Yeah, strictly yeah. boring's a bit yeah. dated now, isn't it? Yeah. So with um, so we touched on sort of the teenage years there and, and with the pathways for children, generally in that 15 to 18, they get into some sort of adult competition yep. as just that's what happens, especially outside of somewhere like Newcastle, Sydney, Wollongong. Yep. There's not a big, strong, say, 17, 18-year-old no. competition, so you've got to go into a lower-grade adult competition. Yep. What's Between that age group, is that safe? Is a safe environment, or is it...? No, because they haven't physically developed, males yep. and females. Yep. Um, probably more so females, because like females in that 17, 18... They, they kind of reach their physical maturity around that 21. Yep. Um, you know, males will hit that physical maturity around 25. Yeah, okay. So in an adult comp, you've got 25-year-olds going up against 16-year-olds. And, yeah, unfortunately in those you know, um, smaller communities, there is no pathway. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in, in Newcastle, like they get to, for soccer, for example, they, get, they finish 16s, they've got to go to 18s. And so there's, oh, a, yeah. mass, there's a massive dropout. So... Yeah particularly at the higher levels, so you know, with um, playing MPL. Um, but it's the same with rugby league. Um, they've got a, I think they go to 18s, but then it's like reserve grade or first grade where you're playing against men. Um, I'm not sure how the hockey and things like work out, but there's, a, there's also a big dropout of kids in that 16 to 18 bracket because parties, social life, Cars, jobs, yeah. like you know, some kids need to work. Change of priorities. Change of priorities, yeah. yeah. So you, you'll see that physical dropout as well, so, yeah. but uh, but I think a lot of that physical dropout actually comes from the fact that it's daunting as a you know, as a seventeen year old now going mm. having to play against 18, 20, 25 year olds, um, especially in the contact like a rugby 
like rugby leagues, even even soccer and hockey to an extent now, very physical. Yeah, it's non-contact it's, it's sport. Still a lot of body contact, of, which yeah. you know can cause a lot of concussions. Yep. that we don't. Well, something that is is. Well, we don't doing know what's going to happen. Research with yeah. that. Um, and look, the thing is too, there's some kids at 16, 17 who haven't actually physically matured. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you even see it in the under 15s now where like Matt's 6'1", but he can still come up against a kid that's 5'2". Yeah. That's the exact same age. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kid that is 5'2", well, you know, he might hit 5'11", but that might not happen until he's 18. Yeah. Um, exactly. But they're still playing in that same competition. So, yeah. you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of injuries that, that I've never seen 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's the times, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, I think, but I also think it's a shift in terms of what we're doing as, well, maybe maybe not so much as parents, but as kids, like, yeah. like even in the, the soccer teams that we're seeing, like, kids are having, are out for three months with back injuries. Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, I played, I literally played competitive sports from the age of six to the age of 25. I never recall anyone missing a game because of a back injury. Now it'd be a, an ankle sprain, a yeah. knee injury, a shoulder impact, but we're talking kids missing games because their back's hurting. Yeah, that's... Yeah, for no, no impact, it's just, yeah, I, I think we need to be doing a lot more research into why that's mm. happening. I've got my theories, but... Yeah, <laughs> we're working on those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could pose um, one question to parents listening, what would it be? Yeah, look, there's probably not one question. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you got two? A little, little opinionated yeah. at times. So, yeah, look, I, I think just from what I see with, with sport um, and obviously being around sport and high-level sport with, with the kids, the one, the one question I always ask parents is, yeah, is your kid following their dream Yeah. or is your kid following your dream? Yeah. There's, a, there's a, a number of parents out there who are like, you know, I didn't make it as an athlete, so now my child will. And I'm going to push them and I'm going to drive them and I'm going to make it happen. Um, I always say let your kids follow your own dream, yeah. like their own dream, because yeah, their, their success will come from within. Um, but the other big thing I'm seeing is that just because someone's got a qualification, just because someone's got a profession, doesn't make them good at what they're doing. Yeah, yeah research who you're sending your kid to. If you're, getting, if you're getting advice, the greatest question you can ever ask a health professional is why. So if you were to ask, well, when, when I rehabbed you, yeah. it's like if you were to, if I was to give you something and you said, why am I doing this? I could give you a dialogue as to the reasons behind yeah. it. Too many people are just taking advice that their kids are being given um, and just taking it as gospel. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're not doing a good job That's of it. A, a yeah. detriment to... Uh, it's a detriment to the kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, if your kid's getting treatment for an injury and they're not getting improved, significant improvements after six to eight sessions... The person's not doing the right job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's thank you that's, for that. that's that's like a, yeah, an absolute given. If you want your yeah. listeners to take that out, <laughs> and you're seeking you're seeking health, six to eight sessions, you yeah. should, should see significant gains in mm. in whatever rehab you're doing. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah. that's some great food for thought for our listeners. Um, in particular, the the not pushing um, from my elite athlete uh, from playing ho hockey in New South Wales there for many years through my teenage years. I played with people that were pushed by parents that didn't quite make it yeah so they were living through their child and that the kid once they turned 18 yeah straight out of sport they just gave it up and we're like huh but that's because of that really good yeah made it look a really good mate of yeah. mine played for stoke 
Um, he yeah. told me at under 16s he played in front of 60,000 people. Um, like he was that good, but it was purely driven by his father. Mm. Got to 18, he's like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm moving to Australia. <laughs> he just like, but he had all the, yeah, could have made, could have made pro. But yeah. it was his dad's dream, not but his. Without the passion and that love, it's. You're never yeah. going to make, yeah, it's got to come from within. Exactly. Yeah. Well, last question. Do you like or love sport oh, love. and why? <laughs> love sport. Just by, by the way, Mark has is an avid West Tigers supporter. Oh, thank you. Yeah, why would you? And <laughs> it's painful. Before you, before you give the full answer here, I think you love it because you play golf with a West Tigers golf bag. Just, we'll just, I'll just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, no, I, no offence on that at all. Yeah, I know. As, look, as Anita says, my, my um, following of the West Tigers is an abusive relationship. <laughs> Every year I get ex excited at the possibilities of what they can achieve. And within about 10 rounds, I've just, I don't watch them anymore. I just, it's painful. But, mate, I, I love sport for everything it does. Yeah. Um, it's social aspect. It's the fact that everybody's equal. Um, I remember when I was playing old man soccer um, in that one team we had CEOs making 300,000 a year and we had blokes that are on the dole and it didn't matter. Mm. In that time, at that time we were playing, everyone was just a, a bloke yeah. on a team. Um, I love the universal aspect of it. Um, I love the fact that I can play a sport with my son. Um, yeah, every Saturday is just like the best, yeah. it's literally the best day. That's we don't great. always have a good game, yeah. we don't always get on well on the course, but at the end of it, it's always been, it's, it's something that connects us. Um, but also like the fact that as a 14-year-old kid, he has to interact with 60-year-old men yeah. um, or 45-year-old women or, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, I love everything about sport. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah, good. I wish I was better at it. <laughs> Well, I'm just glad you're here to fix us. <laughs> because it, it, 10 years ago, if I hadn't have looked after my back like yeah. we did, thanks to you, I wouldn't have been back on the hockey field yeah. and gone back and played in, in Sydney in first grade on contracts. And, 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 that's, all what that. I, and that's what that's, I love about what I do. Mm. There's the fact that you could have got crappy advice and could have had a totally different outlook on life. Yeah, exactly. Probably wouldn't have started your business. I probably um, wouldn't have been physically able enough to. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the problem. People get so much bad advice and I love when I'm able to offer something different yeah, yeah. so that you can get back to a normal life because anyone can rehab an injury to not let it control their existence. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's, I mean, the focus of our business, the focus of what we do. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Mark. Pleasure, sir. It's, uh, it's always good to see a, you. Yeah. It's been too it's long. Been too long. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for their, their new... Uh, clinic and uh, <laughs> make sure if you're in Newcastle or Maitland, look them up. We'll, the, all the links will be under the podcast and thank you again. Mate, no, thanks for having us. I think I covered them all. That's good. <coughs> I, I, the three, the both yep. I heard somewhere in there about you talking about 5.2 Teddy Morgan. Yeah. Oh, you're going to show. It would happen, actually. For a whole game against South Carolina last year, this poor bugger, we were going for a 